Good morning, church family. Wow, and thank you, Leah. We're, uh, we're honestly blessed with all you guys. We're blessed to be here. Um, God has done an amazing thing in our lives uh, through this church. As we continue to grow, he's, uh, he's been a blessing. You guys have all been a blessing for each and every one of us, and we just thank you guys for helping us out and being there. So I just want to open with a word of prayer before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, how blessed we are to be able to have this opportunity to come meet as a group, to reflect on these things that you've done in my life, in, this, in our lives, and in, through this church, Lord. We're just so thankful for all the things you do. We ask you to just uh, put your Holy Spirit upon this place right now, to be with my words, my thoughts, so we may be able to Reflect your glory, Lord. Just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, right here I have some seeds. So if you've been up to the farm and joining some of our lettuce up there, this is some of our musculine lettuce mix here. And um, right in one of these tiny tiny little seeds. I'll try to get just one here. On the tip of my finger, um, oh, that one's gone. (laughs) It's hard to hold these things. They're very tiny. They're very small, but they are so amazing. And on the tiny tip of my finger, there's a black, tiny little dot. I probably can't even make it out and see it, but right there is one tiny little lettuce seed. And within this lettuce seed is the capability of this plant to not only grow into a beautiful head of lettuce, but also to reproduce itself, to grow more seed. The genetic information it could take in to adapt into its environment, that it could put, uh, uh, no matter where it's at or where it's growing, it could um, put into the next generation of seeds to help it deal with what it, it went through in its life. And it's pretty amazing. We, you know, we do all these things to uh, make sure the seeds grows in the best way possible, but there's no way that we can make a seed on its own. It's, it's God that we rely on to provide these amazing things and the creator in these seeds. So I was wondering, though, who, who here likes salad? You guys, who, I mean, everybody loves salad. I know a lot, Sabrina makes a amazing salad, and our uh, salad mix at the farm has been so good, so... Uh, so, Baron, do you like salad? Yeah, here, here we go. There's some salad for you, buddy. That sounds good. So, like, 30 days to harvest. You guys, you guys want some salad too, right? Okay, here's, here's some salad there. You stand, you get some salad. All right, cool. So, 30 days. I can't wait to come out here and enjoy this amazing salad we're going to have all right here. It's going to be great, right? Right, kids? I mean, is that what Dad does at the farm? I just sprinkle seeds and it just grows. I mean, there's, there's the sprinklers turn on and it's got sunlight. And, you know, is this a good time to be growing salad outside? It's kind of cold, right? We had freezes. Maybe they not, might not make it very well. But as, as you all know, that might be a little far-fetched. God is amazing, though. He can make this salad grow. I believe that he could totally make that happen. But the reality is they need a little bit more care. You can't just throw it out in the ground and expect it to happen. You've got to build something all around that, encapsulate that seed, that amazing creation. 
And um, I think that's what God has been doing up there at the farm. And that's what I'm going to share with you today, what God has done up there at the farm to uh, make this amazing thing work out for his glory. Um, so uh, a little, I, if you got to see my testimony, a little bit of backstory. I came to this church about five years ago. It was really, um, uh, I, I was really new to this. I'm really thankful for my mom to raise me in a Christian home, but when I came up here, I left from my home church where I grew up in. It really didn't have a church, um, a home church up here, and we had uh, two little ones, and Baron was kind of on the way, and um, you know, somebody came out and and at Vine Street and gave me a book, and it wasn't really that book, but it was a relationship with that person that kind of drew me to this church, and it was just an amazing way that we found this church, and it was all God leading us here. So um, a little while after I started doing uh, coming to this church, we uh, we I started doing grounds up here. I started mowing the lawns and taking care of it. Need a lot of work. A lot of this stuff has been I cared for each and every one of these trees, living them up, cleaning them up, and continuing to do that. But as I started driving around here, we're really into growing our own food. You know, we really thought that that whole thing of growing your own food and, and it, with your kids and it's just a, a wonderful way to be together as a family in a healthy environment and we had a big garden up there and as I was driving around here working I was just looking at the field and and checking everything out there's 13 acres all around up here and I was like you know wow that'd be kind of neat to start a farm up here to start growing produce or, or an orchard and uh and in a community setting where we could all do this together we can enjoy this together I started thinking this, and, and I told Sabrina about it, and we were talking about it. I'm like, wow, wouldn't that be neat? And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's just what I want. Maybe that's just kind of self. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not, I'm not going to reach out. You know, that's just what I want to do. That's just my dream. You know, that's, that's not even possible. And so one day I'm driving around the, mowing the lawn, and I got my headphones on, and I'm having one of those thoughtful moments where I'm like, wow, you know, thinking about the farm, thinking about what we could do to set up and make this all work. And um, Zach comes up, and he's like, hey, buddy, I, I wanted to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He's like, me and Leah were praying the other day, and we had this thought come to our mind. How would you like to start a garden up here? And I jumped off the track. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Have you, have you been talking to Sabrina? He's like, no, no. He's like, well, we've been talking about that for a couple of weeks. Are, are you serious? He's like, yeah, we just like, we saw that you had a garden here. We got the space. Like, let's do a farm. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, you know, let's start planning it. So that's exactly what we did. It was just amazing how God started nudging me towards that this, even though um, I might be so, so reluctant sometimes, even today. Um, but uh, I started um, kind of going over the numbers. I started looking into like, okay, what is it going to take? What do we need bare minimum to start this farm? So I was looking, I'm like, okay, we need a greenhouse. Um, we need shade clock because it's hot. We need to set up this this way and, and that way. And I started putting numbers together and putting numbers together. And, and the more I started putting this stuff together, the more I was like, this is impossible. This is so much money. We don't have this. It was so much time. I got a full-time job and I'm doing part-time here. Like this isn't, this isn't going to work. This is just a crazy idea. You know, oh well, whatever. And then I had an opportunity. I was working at a machine shop here locally, and um, a friend of mine came up to me, and he's like, "Hey, um, there's this job in San Diego, and it's supposed to go on for six to eight months. And they're it's a diving job working in the uh, Mission Bay. And they want to pay you 110 dollars an hour, five days a week." I'm like, "Whoa, wow, really?" I'm like, "You know what? 
I'm going to go try to make the money for my family. I'm going to do this cool job. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go down to Sega. I'm going to make all this money, this garden idea. You know what? It's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. So that's what I did. I'm like, I'm going to go do all these things and make it happen for my family, make all this tons of money, and this, this project isn't going to work. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see how it's going to happen. So when I went down to San Diego, it was, it was a huge expectation. I thought all these awesome things were going to happen. But little did I know that I'm going to be down there five days a week. And all that separation from my family just caused so much strife, and it started hurting inside when I didn't get to see my kids for only one or two days a, a week. And this went on for a couple months. And then, you know, this turned out to be a huge competition between guys, and, and I started getting in arguments and fights with other guys. Who was the fastest diver got more dive days? And who was the best at doing it got an opportunity to do it? And we're down... 20 feet and, and when zero visibility and people are getting in your way and it was just turned out to be a mess and I was trying to reflect my glory and not reflect God's glory and I just felt like that whole thing was just just something that I was trying to do for my own benefit not for his benefit and and honestly we didn't realize these guys were trying to get us to go faster and faster because they want us to end the job as quick as possible so what I thought was going to go on for six to eight months went on for just about three months. And all this money I thought I was going to get really didn't work out. And all I ended up doing was just trying to go after something with my own strength and my own glory instead of reflecting his glory in, in those people's lives. So I came back. It didn't really work out like I expected. I was really discouraged. And I come back and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Zach and he's like, well, we, we still got the garden thing going. He's, he's telling me this testimony about how you know, he was uh, looking into uh, grants and stuff through the Pacific Union Conference. And within, um, when he found out about the grant, he had a day left to get it approved here from this church and get it, uh, all the paperwork submitted and put through. There's a lot more into this testimony. But at the link of time, he got this uh, uh, grant submitted and got the grant. So Zach's telling me this huge story where I thought this garden project was going to work out. And he's like, we got the money and the funds to do it, Matt. Like, let's, are you still doing it? I'm like, oh, okay, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I thought it was nothing. I thought I wasn't capable. But God came through in an amazing way to make that all happen and provide for those finances. So I was like, okay, Lord, well, I guess since you provided this, I'll just I'll go back and, um, and, and start going back over that bid. Start going over those numbers and uh, start figuring out uh, how we can make this happen. So that's what I did. I started doing the same thing again. A little behold, the same thoughts and the same feelings came to mind when I started adding these numbers up. And I'm like, man, how is this supposed to make, this doesn't make sense. How, how, how is this supposed to happen? And so, um, and so as I was putting those numbers together, we, had a, uh, we really needed this big hoop house structure that's up there. And then, um, so a lot of you have heard this story already, but it was a really, really amazing because I went to the steel manufacturer to get the tubing all straight pieces just to build it out ourselves. And I told him about this amazing project, trying to get a, a discount, and he wanted to give us the steel at cost for this, uh, uh, to build this. And all the steel at cost was going to be about $3,000 to build one big house to cover our, our lettuce crops and, and plastic and shade. And I'm like, man, this is going to really eat up all that grant money really fast. Um, so, 
So I was just discouraged. I'm like, you know, this isn't going to work. This is going to be really tough. This is going to be hard. I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. And, uh, you know, Lord, I don't know what you're thinking here. <laughs> and so um, I, I, the next day I was just real upset about it. The next day I hopped on Craigslist. And that day somebody posted a hoop house on there. And for $700, sitting in this lady's field half buried for 10 years, she decided just to put it on all of a sudden, we could make four hoop houses. Four of the size that we have up there. A huge, huge blessing. So immediately went down there, was super excited. I got a chance to witness to that lady and tell her how much of a blessing this was and how, how good it's going to be for this whole project. So... Um, that was just one of many blessings throughout this whole farm project as we started uh, uh, working on it. But, you know, as I go through and do this stuff, I'm always uh, uh, somewhat wrestling with the Lord. And just, like, I don't know how this is going to work. How, I, you know, I'm more of a tangible guy. I want to see how it's going to work. I want to see how it's amazing. And, and God doesn't work. He's a, he works amazing miracles. And, and, um, it, it, and he just works everything out for his good, even though we don't really see how it's going to happen. And so I, I have this saying that I usually like to say that um, uh, I just, when everybody is always like, you know, wow, Matt, you're doing such a good job. You're doing this. This is amazing what you're doing here. And I just tell everybody, you know what? I just show up and God does the rest. And, and, and that's honestly, that's what I do. I mean, I could, I could build amazing things. I could, you know, that hoop house up there. I'm not trying to say that I'm, I'm, I'm really that great or anything, but that big, huge hoop house, I put a majority up that by myself. I mean, it's about 20 feet tall, 30 feet wide, 80 feet long. All that steel is able to get up myself. And it's not, um, not because I'm amazing. It's because his amazing has worked through me. But, um, you know, honestly, I just show up. And, and, and that's the hardest part is just to show up and be there and be willing for God to work through uh, our hearts in our minds. So I just wanted to share a quick passage really quick um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, I love uh, in Corinthians, uh, uh, I love the analogy that Paul is using here when he's talking about planting a church. And uh, I just think it's really, it, it, I really like uh, how the gospel really, uh, and a lot of the things in the Bible really encapsulates thing around farming and uh, farming principles. And if you have a chance to grow produce and, and, and work with seeds and you know how much it takes to plant something, you really um, understand how, uh, better understand how our relationship is with God and, and how things just doesn't happen overnight. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You know, it's amazing when we get an opportunity to come, when I go up there and, and all the things that go into to growing produce and, and all the, the, the beds and getting the rocks out and the soil just right. It takes a lot of work, but I, I can't produce this seed on my own. I need to get seed that's already been around and, and, and I need to make a good environment for that seed to grow. 
And that's what we've been doing up there at the farm. And even with all this structure and all these things we do to make the seed grow, there's still challenges when it's planted. There still could be diseases and pests and, and freezes and all these different things. But when we get through to the end product, it's really an amazing, beautiful thing. So getting back to the story here, um, after we got that hoop house, it was just another amazing blessing that God uh, uh, put everything together. And um, at that point, I was, uh, it took a whole year for me to start uh, putting the infrastructure together to start the farm. And I was working here uh, part-time, and I was doing a full-time job elsewhere. And Zach was like, you know, it would be really neat to have you here full-time, you know, a full-time employee here. And um, when I came back from diving, I was due, I quit my job as a machine shop and I was doing uh, commercial fishing and a handyman service and I was just a little bit all over the place and part-time here. So I was three gigs, I was juggling. And uh, he's like, well, what if we work out full-time here? You know, w- w- does that be something you do? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I, I, you guys really don't have <laughs> the funds to be doing this. It's not like, how are you supposed to do this? He's like, no, I'll just work stuff out. So he miraculously, miraculously, he worked things out, and he was like, if we did, like, we already have our 20 hours for the grounds, and we did another 20 hours for the farm, you do part-time grounds and part-time farm. I'm like, okay, that sounds good, and the conference is willing to uh, put that money up, and, and, and we got an interview set up, so would you like to come do an interview in Fresno? And I'm like, okay, well, we'll, we'll see, and then at the same time, I'm um, we're struggling financially, trying to get stuff going, and, and it's just always been a week-by-week by week basis. And, and honestly, I was making really good money with this handyman service, uh, making cash, like 35 to $45 an hour. And just uh, I wasn't even advertising. Just jobs were just coming after coming and coming. And uh, commercial fishing was going great. And so we were driving up there to do the interview. And uh, this is a position for about $20 an hour, so it would have been a little bit less money. And then I had a contractor... Uh, who's contracted to do a lot of the hospitals around here that was asking, I need a head foreman. So would you want a big job? And it's got all these benefits. And it was just something that was like, wow, that could be really a, a great future for me and my family. So I was tied between these two options. And, uh, <laughs> and so as we're driving up there to the, to the, uh, to the interview, I'm like, Zach, you know, I, I, I have all these skills. I could build stuff. I could I could put things together. I could work super duper hard, but but you want me to be a Bible worker, an evangelistic outreach person? Like, are you are you? Sh- I don't I don't think I'm that guy. I, I'm not capable of doing these things. Like, I don't think that like how am I respect, supposed to reflect His glory when when I'm this person or that person? And and so I was just so discouraged. And then we were at the meeting. I was talking with Pierre, and we're having the interview, and, you know, obviously all these qualifications, I've done this, and I've done that, and I'm like, you know what, I just feel so inadequate, Pierre, I don't, I'm not, I'm not this guy that's supposed to be uh, working for Jesus and reflecting his glory, and he was just so uh, uh, nice when he talked to me, he's like, well, Matt, what if you were adequate? What if you told me right now, I got what it takes to do that? I'm like, well, yeah, that, I guess that is the problem. We can't sit here and think, like, I got what it takes to be up here and be speaking. And, and that's just, I think that's not a really good way to think about it. I think it's nice to be humble and uh, humble yourselves between the Lord and just realize that uh, in our weakness, God is strong through us. And that's what uh, brings me to this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
verse 25. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Now, wow, really? So, <laughs> the, so it's just amazing to see that like God wants to use simple people. And then through our weakness and through our, our, our constantly looking at how, how not we're capable, God can use that and do amazing things in your life if you uh, just show up. And ask God to do the rest. So as um, we're coming back from the conference and the interview, and there's some, during the interview, there's some stuff that I want to get into specifics, but it was just probably the worst time I felt like to ask about another farm at a church. There were some things going on with that, that it was just, it was obvious that to me, they're going to start voting on it and going to the meeting. And it was just so obvious to me that I was like, you know what? They're obviously going to say no, and, and this isn't going to work out. So, you know what, just like I thought before, Lord, this is a bad idea. This isn't capable of working out, and, and it's just not, it's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get this contractor's job. I'm going to make all this money and do what my family needs me to do. So, but I made an agreement with the Lord. I'm like, you know what, Lord, if some amazing reason these people come with the conclusion to, to accept the, give me the funds to be full-time, you know what, Lord, hey, You've done amazing things for me. I'm learning so much. Uh, uh, starting a relationship with new relationship with you, Lord. If you do that, I'll show up. I'll go. I'll do it. And, and that's exactly what happened. You know, the conference uh, voted to have me full time, and I'm like, okay, Lord. Well, you kept your promises time and time again with me. The least I can do is just keep this promise with you. I don't know how it's supposed to work out. A twenty dollars an hour income with three kids and a wife. It's so tight. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't make sense. Even Zach was like, are you sure? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just showing up and I'm just telling God do the rest because I, I just have a little bit of faith and a little tiny seed of faith, but God can make that grow into something so amazing if, you, if we just show up. So I started going at full time and then started putting the, the farm together and the way everything went together was just so amazing. We had our grand opening February 9th. And it was just a huge uh, get-together of uh, tons and tons of people from the community getting to uh, see what we're doing up there and get started. And little did we know, the timing that God placed everything in was just so perfect and beautiful. Not only in my life, but for the community's life around here. Uh, um, Once the virus hit and everything started getting shut down, um, personally, my commercial fishing stopped because all the restaurants closed down. Um, handyman services, I was still doing that, probably wouldn't have been happening. And, and, and so I still had income coming in. I had everything that we needed to pay our bills. And I'll just thank God so much for just nudging me in that direction to make this decision for me and, and providing for our family. When he was thinking that way back this uh, uh, months and months ago that this was going to happen. 
And not only was it a blessing for our lives, I mean, we just kept working just like always. But um, as, as people started coming back up there and families and kids and mothers were coming up and you're like, this is such a huge blessing. We're stuck inside all day. They don't go to school and all the stuff around that. Um, and we get to come outside and hang out at the farm in a safe environment where we're, we're out in the sunshine, we're distancing, and, and it was just a wonderful to see countless and countless families come up there and just be uh, uh, so blessed about what God is doing up there. So as we uh, continue to uh, uh, go into that year, just more and more uh, amazing opportunities come out, and, and it's just so many times I'm, I'm wrestling with God, like I just don't know how these things are going to work, and it's just amazing how he makes it work. So um, a lot of you know uh, Nature's Touch in uh, Templeton, Melanie Blankenship, she has been a farmer around here for about 30 years, and she has great advice. I go in there and talk with her every now and then and take, uh, take some of her advice, and, and I went in there one day. And she's like, oh, uh, I want to let you know that there's this bare root fruit tree company in Fresno that's going out of business. And they have like a huge refrigerator full of bare root fruit trees and that like almost next to nothing costs. Do you guys, do you want some? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want some. Like, I can't deal with that. I got a huge farm going on. I got a part-time fishing job. I got all this stuff. I can't even think about starting to plant fruit trees. So I, I came back here, and then the next day I needed to go to the nursery, Bay Laurel Nursery, and uh, get some transplant pots and uh, stuff like that. So I'm there at the nursery, and I'm talking to the lady, telling her what we're doing and stuff. And she's like, hey, you know, uh, in a couple weeks, at the end of March, at the end of our bare root fruit tree season, there's leftover fruit trees. Do you guys want them? They give them away as donations. Do you want them for free? And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, not really, but like, I guess, like, I guess the Lord is telling me that you want fruit trees, like put fruit trees in. So I came back to the farm, and I'm just so thankful for George in my life as my supervisor. He's really quick to straighten me out. I'm like, George, so this is what happened. Like two different people told me we want fruit trees. He's like, of course we want fruit trees, Matt. What are you thinking? And I'm like, well, well, we got, we got to dig all these holes out. We got to get soil. We got to get gopher boxes. We got to set irrigation. It's not just free trees. It's a ton of work, and I'm busy. And so he's like, oh, just don't, it'll, we'll work out, okay? I'm like, okay, okay. So a couple weeks go by, the end of March, and he comes over. He's like, well, let's go talk to him. Let's, it's just the last week of March is when they said to come by. So we drove over there. We got to meet the owner, and she's like, yeah, this is a perfect. You came just in time the right day. Somebody's coming in a couple hours, and they're going to take all these trees. So you're welcome to this many trees. Grab as much as you can. And we're like, oh, okay. So we backed the truck up, and we started throwing trees in, and some of the guys there were helping us. Um, I don't really know too much about fruit trees, but he's helping us get ripe pollinators for cherry trees and all this stuff. So we filled uh, George's truck up. We came into the sand. I'm like, well, what are we going to do now? So... I'm just super thankful for all the resources we have here. And he's like, well, well, Jim Crow has got an excavator, a little tractor. And, and, and you know, he, we could get that tractor. We could dig the hole super easy. I'm like, well, there's, that's great and all, but Jim's in Alaska right now. Like, how is this supposed to, like, we're just going to go take his tractor? Like, we can't do that. And so he calls Jim up, and Jim's like, no, the keys are here. Like, they're in my house. Just break into my house, get my keys, grab my truck. And I'm like, okay, well, that's awesome, but I felt really like a, you know, I feel really bad because last time I drove Jim's tractor, 
I put a huge dent on the hood. Like, I touched it for like five seconds. He's not going to want me to do that. But I just praise God for Jim being so humble and loving and just being like willing to let me go grab his tractor, even though I messed it up. And so we get there, we get the tractor, and George's grandson, Caleb, was here. And, and he was just super excited about driving the tractor, right? And he, uh, uh, we had Chris Abate uh, map all the holes out, put flags in, and Caleb just went to town and dug them all out in a couple days. It was super easy with that tractor, super thankful for that. And then we had all these gopher baskets to put together, so I got all this chicken wire, and I'm sitting there putting them together one morning, and it's on a weekday, and, and usually all our volunteers come on Sundays. So... I'm sitting there putting these baskets together, and somebody's, I had the gate open. Somebody that's walking by a neighbor, a lady, she comes up, hey, how's it going? This is really neat, and checking it out. Well, what can I do to help? I'm like, well, you could put together wire baskets if you want. She's like, yeah, totally. So I had other things to do, and I come back, and that day she put 40 of them together. We had 60 to do. And I'm like, wow, okay, Lord, like, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, I just don't, I can't imagine how this is supposed to work out, but God knows how it's going to work out before it started. And, and it's just amazing that all these different things, like um, the, the bees up there. We have a beehive up there. And, and a guy called me. My neighbor told uh, uh, this guy about the farm. He's a local beekeeper. And he calls me up. He's like, hey, man, I love what you guys are doing. want to check it out. Do you want bees? I'm like, no, Mike. No, I don't want bees. I got fruit trees. I got this. I got that. Like, I don't got time to, like, deal with bees. He's like, no, no. No, I, I'll bring the bees, I'll give you the hive, I'll do everything, I'll even put the honey in the jars, and then we'll trade for produce. I'm like, wow, okay, Mike, yeah, go for it. <laughs> and then, and then like, like Steve, he's like, hey, Matt, how about, how about microgreens? Like, Steve, no, I've got too much stuff of raising kids. He's like, no, Matt, stop. I'm going to do the microgreens. I'll buy the seed, I'll put the trays, and I'll learn how to do it. It is just so beautiful how it works that there, how a community comes together to add these different factions on the farm that, that I'm just sitting back and watching it happen. I'm just showing up, and God is doing the rest. And, and, and it just, there's just so many stories like that. Every weekend, every day, uh, uh, there's just a new person in me, a new face, a new neighbor. We have these neighbors down the street here that use our parking lot during the week for their two little kids. And uh, they, have, uh, they have a little girl and a boy named, I remember the boy named Russell. And they, 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 for a while, they just drive around cones and ride their bikes around the parking lot. And I would come talk to them and, and hey, how's it going? And you want to come check out the farm? And they were just like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, uh, and, 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 and I kept telling them, and then I think the second or third time I saw them, well, you should come check out the farm. And in my slow mind, he's like, Oh, yeah, I heard, like, the prices are outrageous. I'm like, I know, they're outrageously cheap. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's just an outrageous, great thing. We just do donations. You know, we'll see you up there. And I get in the car, and he's like, I don't think he was saying outrageously cheap. I think he was being really expensive. I couldn't figure out why because I thought we were cheap. But for some reason, that, that uh, saying that to him right there brought him up to the farm. They got to see the kids were super happy and excited pulling carrots out, pulling tomatoes off the vine, having a fun time. And these are just neighbors down the street. They come every Sunday now. I catch up with them and see how they're doing. But this little boy, um, uh, when we were getting the school put together, I had Steve watching the farm. And um, uh, the little boy, Russell, came up to Steve. And he's like, Steve, I got something for Farmer Matt. 
And, and he, Steve's like, oh, man, you're going to have to go give that to Matt. That's really awesome. So I'm up there at the school, I'm, you know, doing stuff and making sure stuff's happening. And Russell comes running up. He's like, Farmer Matt, Farmer Matt. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? He's like, I got something for you. I, I did a comic book about you and your farm. It's Farmer Matt and the Attack of the Evil Aphid. I was like, wow, this is so awesome. He had like a, like a 20-page book. And they have all about Farmer Matt and the evil aphid and how it's awesome. I got it up there at the farm. His mom typed out the words. He did all the drawing. And every time he comes there, I have it sitting up there at the farm. He runs over to the shelf. And he looks at it and see if his comic book's there. And, man, after that, I'm like, wow, I made it. I'm a famous farmer. I got a comic book made after me. And this is awesome. I love this. This is exactly it. And he even laughs at my dad jokes, too. He came up there, and we're pulling beats out. I'm like, now don't go beat your sister with this and he's like oh (laughs) and uh, stuff like that but it was really cool to see how just one of those interactions there's multiple interactions like that and god is doing amazing things up there and there's a huge uh, uh it's been just an amazing group effort from all you guys coming up here and helping out you know way this last weekend he was such a huge help he got up there and and we're cutting off these metal pieces to uh, cover the plants up. And I, I had this hand file, and uh, I'm cutting them with a, the sawzall, and then I'm hand filing the burrs off. And he's like, wait, wait, I got this great tool. I'll be right back. So Wade takes off to his house and comes back, and he's got this really nice grinder and starts grinding all the edges off. And I was just super thankful for his help because it made it go super fast so we can get everything covered for the freeze. But um, it's just an amazing I think this farm effort is just so cool to see when we're all, um, we're all as a group focused on one idea uh, on, uh, and focused on Jesus and the amazing things that he can do. Um, you know, we could, we could be up there, we could be planting and watering and transplanting, but honestly, God's going to produce this amazing increase. God is going to produce not only an increase of produce, but he's going to produce an increase in this church. Pretty soon, we're going to start seeing as this farm grows, more people are going to ask questions of who these people are. People are going to start driving by and go, there's the church with the farm. I love that place. This is awesome. And they're going to uh, slowly cultivating a relationship with these people, slowly uh, uh, planting this seed with them and, and, and coming to, uh, to, to build a relationship with them and and eventually drawing them and planting them into Christ. So it's been an ongoing blessing for me and for my family. We thank all of you for showing up and, and all the help that you do and all the equipment. Um, and another side note, too, also uh, another huge blessing. Um, there's a small, a lot of small businesses are starting to get involved with this farm. They want to help out with what's going on up here. Um, like, I know I've shared this story before, but there's this uh, repair shop in uh, Tascadero called Glenn's Small Engine Repair. And I go up there because I've done landscaping. I go there and rent equipment from them and gone in and out from time to time. And his wife kept coming up here to the farm, too. And she's really sweet. And uh, she would come up there, and really nice to talk with her. And she kept saying, oh, I want to get uh, uh, Jeff, is his name, um, the owner of Glenn's Small Engine Repair, up here to come check out the farm. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So um, eventually Jeff makes it up there. And a little side note for, for Jeff. He's got, he's got a nickname 
That, I, I thought it was true before, but now I don't think it's that true. But his nickname is, is Grumpy Glenn. Because you go in there and he's like, what do you want? What? what? You're wasting my time. Or like he's just got a grumpy attitude. Like it's a, a tough love kind of guy. And he came up to the farm and he, he starts walking around. And he saw me dealing with different family here, different family here. And I'm trying to talk to him about what we're doing. And he's just like, wow, man, the guy's heart melted. It was amazing to see how he was just like, this is amazing what you're doing up here. This is so cool what you're doing with the community. He's like, I'm prepared to give this, uh, uh, sponsor this farm and give $1,000 to the farm. And also, not only that, all that equipment I have for rent, just come get it. Come pick it up. If you need, whatever you need. I went and got a, a, a Viber plate the other day to, to uh, compact some DG. And he just show up. He put it in the truck. Don't worry about it. You know, chippers and, and uh, ditch witches and anything. He's like, whatever you need, just come and get it. So it's just amazing to see that at not only the community is being touched, it's these businesses that are being touched. So this next year, we're going to be doubling and tripling our, uh, almost tripling our amount of produce we're going to be growing. I encourage you guys to come up there on a Sunday. And, and you, know, you know, I won't really make you have to physically work that hard. I know I talk about picking rocks out of the ground and all this hard work I do, but I, I do the hard work so you guys can come there and do the fun work and seed stuff and plant stuff. Or, or, or you can come and just harvest and, uh, or just come hang out, you know, and, and spend time with people and talk with people. And, um, you know, uh, the more help we do together, I think the more people are going to see how we work together and they'll see us reflecting the glory of God and uh, through this farm thing here. So I want to turn to back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. At the end of chapter 1 here, in verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Like I was saying of that diving job and a lot of the jobs I've done before, I'm always trying to reflect my own glory and my own abilities. But with this farm, I'm learning more and more how to reflect his glory because his system is the best. And I'm just so blessed to be a part of this church family, be a part of this farm, to see where God is going. Um, not only do, uh, do we all benefit from this, but I think as a church family, we continue to grow and benefit from this farm. So huge thanks for George wants to get up and say something. (laughs) Come on up, George. Matt has done a really amazing job up there. He's done a very amazing job this morning telling us about it <clears throat> but there's a question that's in the Adventist community <clears throat> if your church went away today would anybody miss it a year ago the answer to that question here would have been no but the answer to the question now is yes if this church went away if that farm went away the people in this community would know it and they would miss it. But what's, in my mind, even more important than 
all the stuff that Matt's been telling us about today. I'll tell you a little bit about my life. When I was growing up, my dad always had a job where I could go. If I wasn't at school or if I wasn't doing something else, I could go and I could be with him on that job at that job. He worked for a farmer over by Button Willow for many years. And I hear, I've heard a lot of people say that their childhood was the worst time of their life. They wouldn't want to do it over again. It was just terrible. But my childhood was the best time of my life because I got to spend that time with my dad. And I could go there and I could be with him. And I always tell people, if I could go back and do those years over again, I'd do it in a heartbeat. So now what I'm seeing here is I go up there... And most of the time when I go up there, I see two or three little kids playing on the gypsum pile. They're out maybe picking a piece of, of uh, fruit off of a plant or whatever. They're, they're around there and they get to spend time with their dad. And a lot of times Sabrina's there. They get to spend time with their mom and dad. So if you have kids or if you have grandkids... If you're not taking your kids up there to spend time with them at that farm and get to know them and get them to know who you are, if you're not doing that, you're missing out on the biggest blessing here that's available. Thank you, George. Wow, it's, uh, it is a blessing for my kids and my family. Um, all, all in the past of my jobs, it's always, you know, can't bring your kids to work, but it's a huge blessing where I get to work with my kids every day and be with them and spend time with them. Even though they run around up there barefoot, uh, not listening to our advice to put their shoes on or, or doing this or doing that. And they, but it's awesome to see them up there and interacting at the farm and getting time spent with the kids. So as I was saying uh, uh, at the beginning of this, all these tiny little seeds that we scatter around here hoping for a good salad mix in 30 days. Um, there's just another type of amazing seed that I think that we're starting to make up there at the farm. These seeds are, are pelletized seeds. They're, I know this is probably still hard to see, but this is a, a seed pellet. It's a one single lettuce seed wrapped in an or organic casing. So it makes it really easy to uh, plant one single seed in a cell. So if a bunch of them grow up at once. They kind of they crowd each other. It's not easy, but... As we're up there at the farm, getting to know our community, talking with people, I feel like we're putting a coating around uh, uh, everybody's seed of faith in their, in their heart. They might not know they have a seed. They might, not, uh, 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 they might be rejecting it, but everybody has a seed. And so as we're putting a coating and coating and, and getting to know each other, getting to know these people, we're revealing this seed, we're cultivating the soil, cultivating the relationship with people, I believe it's going to be easier to pick that seed out and to plant it in Christ one day, hopefully. So I thank you all for coming and hearing my stories. Um, there's many stories to come. Please come to the farm. We're open every Sunday. Check us out on Facebook. And really, thank you to all that has helped. It's a group effort. I couldn't have done this all by myself. I used to think that I could, but I know now I can't do it without a church family and without Christ in our lives. So let's close with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done. For drawing us 
to this church, for drawing us in our lives to what we need to be doing, not all the time what we want to be doing. But Lord, we just want to we just want to ask that you would give us the strength to show up, and Lord, ask that you would do the rest. And Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day, and we ask that you would just be, pour out a special blessing on these people's lives. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.